I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you watch a Hallmark Christmas movie. And they do such a good job sometimes, or at least they used to. I hadn't watched, I'll be honest, it's been a long, long, long time since I've sat down and watched a Hallmark Christmas movie. I mean, y'all would question, I would probably have to turn my man card in to you fellas if I told you that I actually sat down and watched one. But anyway, we watch Christmas shows, Christmas movies. I mean, if you cut the television on or even listen to the radio, Here's what you will pick up on over and over again, this, this emphasis on the perfect Christmas, the perfect Christmas, the perfect Christmas. Now, everybody has their own idea what a perfect Christmas looks like, but you have your idea of something that you would like to see happen or arranging something in a certain way that you think would make Christmas more appealing for you, your family, whomever. Uh, In fact, the quest for the perfect Christmas this year officially began, officially, officially began a couple of weeks ago on Black Friday and lasted through that Monday that we call Cyber Monday, right? That, that first big shopping weekend, uh, 198 million Americans, they say in those four days shopped either in person, in the store, or online. Uh, There's the quest for the perfect Christmas tree. Folks will drive a long distance, go up to the mountains just to find that one perfect tree, if they have them available, right? The perfect gift. It's amazing what we as parents and grandparents and spouses, the links we'll go to, to try to find that perfect gift for our loved one, our spouse, our child, our grandchild, just so we could watch them open it up on Christmas morning and just see the joy and delight and the sheer excitement on their face on Christmas morning. There's the quest for the perfect Christmas decorations. The perfect Christmas meal. I have to have the right, not just the right food or kind of food, but it has to be the right brand. And I can't make my mac and cheese unless it's from this particular cheese or from this, th- th- this specific ingredient. I remember a few years ago, we went down to Paula Dean's restaurant, and I don't know why I keep pointing over here. My wife's sitting right there. To Paula Dean's restaurant in Myrtle Beach, And they said, I'm sorry, sir, we do not have any more mac and cheese. And I thought, wait a minute, this is Paula Dean's restaurant. How can you not have mac and cheese? You know, just go ahead and close the restaurant. I'm like, well, ma'am, how do you not have mac? I said, I'm I'm not trying to be, and I had to, I'm not trying to be overbearing. I'm just curious. How come you don't have any mac and cheese? And they said, well, because we get our cheese, Paula, I'm sure she knew her on a first-name basis. Paula is very specific that she wants this cheese from this company, and if we can't get it from this company, we're not going to serve mac and cheese. I'm like, well, there you go. But sometimes we get like that, the quest for the perfect Christmas meal. So if you're into decorations, you know, you could go buy the 115-inch pre-lit reindeer outdoor display. That'll only set you back about $6,500, that's all. 
That's all. Or you could get the 16-foot in diameter inflatable outdoor snow globe. That's just a couple of thousand dollars. You could get the 15-foot baby California redwood pre-lit tree. I reckon it had to be a baby if it's a redwood, right? But anyway, you can get that for only $3,000. Or you can get the 21-foot giant commercial-grade LED lighted Waterloo Christmas tree. I do not know what's so special about it, but it's special enough as to cost $18,000. Or you could get the giant fiberglass 10-ball ornament stack with the 7-foot ornaments for $75,000 for your front yard. Wow. So whenever any one of y'all go buy those, I want you to let me know so I can go see them. So total, according to the National Retail Federation, are you ready for this? They're estimating, they're estimating that Americans this year will spend just under $1 trillion on Christmas this year. $960.7 billion dollars. For Christmas this year. Can I tell you something though? Make no mistake. The entrance of our Lord Jesus into this world was certainly not marked by perfection. Now he's perfect. But the circumstances and the world into which he entered was far from perfect. Would you notice Matthew 1, verse 18? Look at it with me, please, dear friends. Now the birth of Jesus was on this wise when as his merry mother was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then her husband, Joseph, being a just man, a righteous man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. When I read this passage and I analyze and think about the story, the narrative, I see imperfect circumstances. I see imperfect beginnings. Matthew Henry in his commentary talked about, look, and here, here were his words, look at the circumstances through which Jesus entered this lower world. Not only is it a lower world than what he came from, but it's a broken world. It's a dirty world. It's a messed up world. It's a messy world. So here's the scene, and I want us to get it in our hearts and minds. A common man from the lower class That was Joseph. Mary's a teenage girl, also from the lower class, who is carrying a child that doesn't biologically belong to the man she married. In verse 18, it says, Mary was espoused to Joseph. Adam Clark said, among the Jews, the espousal, though the marriage had not been consummated, was considered as perfectly legal and binding on both sides. Hence, a breach of this contract was considered as a case of adultery 
and punished exactly the same way, which could have been, if pressed, it could have been death by stoning, according to Deuteronomy 22. Charles Ellicott said that the bill of divorcement was as necessary for for the betrothed as for those who were fully man and wife. He could have, some believe, had her banished or stoned, but he definitely could have divorced her. He could have made her a public spectacle. Verses 19 through 23 tell us that he opted to break off the betrothal and divorce her privately, but in a dream, the angel of the Lord came to him and spoke and informed him of the truth about the entire situation. Here's a little caveat, little important note here, that truly righteous people aren't interested in making someone else's sin a public spectacle. Because it said he really wanted to put her away privately. He didn't want to embarrass her any further. Christmas can be a pretty tough season for a lot of people. And for even many of you sitting right here. There are family issues to deal with. There's loneliness. There's financial stress. In a lot of ways, there's depression. Look at, listen to what one writer said about this time of the year. And I quote, depression tends to increase during the holidays due to an increased demand Whether it's perceived as stressful, there are family issues, and being able to manage certain expectations. They went on to say that the holidays are synonymous with family, so any issues that a person has with their family will come to the forefront during this time. And I've seen that, and you have too. If there is a loss, or if there is dysfunction, or if there's addiction, or abuse, or disconnection, separation, estrangement, or divorce occurring or affecting your family, then there is the likelihood that you will have to manage the emotions that are related to these issues, end of quote. Mental health professionals call this the holiday blues. In a recent survey, most responders said that The holidays, the holidays, the time from around Thanksgiving through Christmas and New Year's, that the holidays contribute to feelings of sadness and dissatisfaction. 68% felt financially strained during the holidays. I wonder why, since we're spending a trillion dollars almost, right? 66% experienced some form of loneliness 63% said that the holidays bring too much pressure. 57% said they were trying to navigate unrealistic expectations. 55% said that they found themselves wishing for happier times that they had experienced in the past. And I want you to know, listen carefully, that Jesus entered into our mess and the mess of this world. He came into a poor family. Some thought that his birth was an illegitimate birth. There was no room in the inn. (laughs) He was born in a barn. (laughs) It stunk. (laughs) It smelled bad. Certainly wasn't ideal as a delivery room, but that's what the Lord had planned. When I think about this, I, I see the word, I hear the word mess. 
There was a stepdad. And that's less than ideal. There were rumors. There were suspicions. There were accusations. It was far, far from perfect. And it's interesting to me that that's the Christmas, the first Christmas, and that you and I, ever since that first Christmas, no one has ever dealt with a perfect Christmas. And so tonight, I want to leave you with four thoughts before we pray on how to navigate through the Christmas. So prayerfully ponder these four thoughts. Thought number one, the perfection myth is exactly that. It's a myth. There are no perfect families. There are no Hallmark movie Christmases. (laughs) So dear ones, resist the urge to have everything perfect. And I promise you, if you go ahead and decide right now that you're going to resist that urge, it will alleviate some stress and some pressure. What kind of pressure do you feel at Christmas? Well, a lot of folks feel financial pressure. And I understand that, and you do too. We tend to overspend at this time of year, which complicates issues. And even if you have the financial discipline to not spend more than you should, you at least feel that pressure and feel that tug. There's not only financial pressure, there's relational pressure. Relational pressure for a lot of reasons. For some of us, we are around family and friends or co-workers or people, maybe for an extended time, maybe for a meal, maybe for a Christmas party, maybe for a fellowship, a gathering, a social event, that you really, just to be honest with you, your personality and their personality don't G-haul. And you know it. And leading, leading up to that can cause some anxiety for you. It could cause you to really wonder about that and, 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 and can cause some pressure. You're going to have to be around some people that if you were to choose who's going to sit at your dinner table, you perhaps may not or may choose. I don't know. You're going to see somebody that you have a strained relationship with. And those conversations are always awkward, aren't they? (laughs) And if you don't know what I'm talking about, praise God, but most of you do understand what I'm talking about. (laughs) Everybody has that crazy cousin. Right? Everybody has that person that you know you're going to see at Christmas time who did you wrong. The last time you were together, you had a very bad outcome to a conversation, and you both left on bad terms, and that's, that's awkward. And you know deep down that needs to be resolved. And some of you are going to see parents uh, who maybe abandoned you when you were a child, Right? And you've tried to reach out and you've tried to be the bigger person and to honor them as your parent and invite them to your house at Christmas time. I'm just telling you, if you know what I'm talking about, that's awkward. And it can cause a lot of, a lot of stress, a lot of high anxiety surrounding the holidays. I'm simply saying there's relational pressure. There's scheduling pressure. 
and this may not affect some of you, but if you're a parent of a child in school that plays extracurricular sports at this time of year, you know there are added practices, added ball games, there are school programs to attend, there are school practices to attend, there are office or work Christmas suppers and parties and fellowships that you feel pressure to attend, right? And that's adding one more thing to the calendar, one more thing to the calendar. You understand what that's like. You understand the pressure, and all of us have that kind of pressure, right? You know what it is to even before Thanksgiving hits, you look long range at your calendar and it's hard to find a space in the evening on your personal calendar where there's not already something already scheduled for you, right? That's stressful. Am I the only one who understands that or feels that, right? Say amen if you're with me tonight. And then add to that that the church likes to schedule stuff during Christmas as well, right? So there's scheduling pressure. And then there's emotional pressure. And we all feel it and we all sense it. So statement number two, you can't meet everyone's expectations. You can't. As hard as you try, as much as you would like to, You can't meet everyone's expectations. And I'm talking twofold. I'm talking about your expectations. Your expectations. The expectations that you have. The expectations you put on yourself. And for many of you in this room, your expectations, you hold yourself to a higher standard than anyone else will hold you to. Just go ahead and resign yourself to the fact that it's okay. You can't meet all of your own expectations at this time of year. And then there are the expectations of others. And sometimes those can be unrealistic and outlandish, but you feel like you can't say no. Statement number one, the perfection myth is exactly that. Statement number two, you cannot meet everyone's expectations and that's okay. Statement number three, listen carefully. True rest is found in being totally yielded to God. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there are so much this time of year that you and I cannot control. In fact, there's really very little that we can control. But this one thing you can control. You can control your own yieldedness to the Lord. You can. You you can control... How, when you start your day, especially this time of the year, and I encourage all of us to spend some time with the... You say, I thought you said we were busier and busier. We are in the morning before you leave your house. You pray the prayer, give me Jesus. You pray the prayer, Lord, you take over me. Lord, you know what today holds. I'm not going to try to meet anybody's expectation but yours. And all you ask of me, hear me carefully, all you ask of me is just to yield myself to you. 
It's interesting to me that in our text, uh, that uh, verse 24 and 25, that after Joseph receives this dream by the, by the Holy Spirit, he receives this dream and God made it known to him what his plan was that, you know what he did? He simply trusted the Lord and obeyed regarding the situation. God said, I want you to go take her to be your wife. This is of me. Don't fear. And he woke up and he did it. He yielded himself to the Lord. Gang, you're only going to find true peace and true joy and true satisfaction in your days in this holiday season as you and I every day. And I know it sounds elementary, but I'm telling you we need it today. We need it every day we live. Yield yourself to the Lord Jesus. Lord, I give you my day. Help me to have my mind on you. And then this last statement, and then we're going to pray. God uses the imperfect. God uses the broken. God uses the perplexing. God uses the less or the less than for his glory. Verse 22 of our text says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled. (laughs) You say, Christian, was this all an accident? Did God the Father want Jesus to be born in better circumstances? No. Because had God the Father wanted it, it would have taken place. The Lord ordained, now why do you think he did that? The Lord ordained that there be no room. That was all part of God's plan. Why do you think that was? I think there's probably many more reasons than you and I could even fathom, but let me tell you why I think there's at least one so that you and I tonight would understand. You know what? God works his plan even in the imperfect And by the way, we better thank Jesus that he does. Even in the imperfect, God works his plan. You say, Christian, well, my Christmas is going to be far, far, far less than perfect. You know what? You're in good company. Don't stress it. Don't sweat it. Christian, you pray for me. I've got that awkward person in my life. I know, I I understand. My wife really understands. She deals with me, so you know she understands, right? Right? Hey, that's okay. Christian, I I don't have enough money. I'm I'm not going to be able to do this year what we did last year. I know my kids are counting on this and that, and i got to buy for my in-laws and the cousins and the nieces and nephews. We're just not going to be able... That's okay. Nowhere in this book does it say that you got to buy for everybody that your family told you you got to buy gifts for. But this book does say to yield yourself to the control of the Holy Spirit. That's what you can control. And that and that only is what's going to bring you peace and joy this holiday season and every day that you live. And may the Lord help us to navigate properly this Christmas.